All right, here he is, uh, our good friend, uh, regular guest, and we want to talk about boxing. He's a Hall of Fame voter. He's a writer for Ring Magazine, and, of course, uh, always boxing fans watch the Neutral Corner Mondays at 5 o'clock Eastern time on his great YouTube channel. It's Mike Montero. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Dave? How you doing tonight, my man? Boy, every, ever since you got married, you know, I used to get messages, you know, from the lovely Tiffany, your wife, ratting you out for man card violations. They've stopped. <laughs> I think ever since you married her, she stopped ratting you out. <laughs> but we're a team now, man. You know, she can't rat me out anymore. She's got my last name. You know? <laughs> She's got a cover for me. Hey, um, first of all, before we get into the fight last night, uh, I, I think it was kind of an emotional thing when Sean retired. He fought great last night. He was right in the fight in the 10th round. I don't think he's going to stick to this retirement. What do you think? I, I completely agree. I, I think that there's going to be an offer in the next year or two for him to get in there against one of these young up-and-comers or or maybe a homecoming fight for him against another veteran. I just, you know, I hope he stays retired. He's earned it. But how many times do boxers come back, Dave? It's almost 90% of the time. So I definitely think he'll be back. It's tough to turn down millions of dollars. And you always, and you know, I mean, it's not like he's faded or that he's an opponent at this point. He fought pretty well last night. He was right in that fight in the 10th round against Bud. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was almost an even fight. I had Bud slightly ahead. But if you watch really closely, Crawford was setting up that knockout. He, he saw some things and was making adjustments, and he was ready to pour it on in those championship rounds. And, and I like that Sean's father, Kenny, stopped the fight when he did. Sean had been dropped twice. I think he was on his way to being knocked out uh, you know, concussively. So I think that was a good stoppage right at the perfect time. Well, how about uh, afterwards when his father, I mean, going public and saying my son didn't prepare the way he should and kind of got what he deserved, and this is what happens when you don't listen? It was, it was strange to hear a, a trainer, especially his father, saying that in the ring after the fight. Yeah, I don't, you know, as good, as good of a job as Kenny Porter did with the stoppage, man, that, that post-fight interview, it was just mean. It, it kind of, it, it looked like uh, an adult chastising their young child. You know, it, it, it was very, very interesting, that dynamic. And I think Kenny probably would, if he could, he'd walk that back because I think he crossed the line. His son fought very, very well. He was on weight. He was in shape. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe his father was just frustrated and he was emotional seeing his son get dropped like that and be hurt like that. Uh, so who knows? But I think he definitely liked to walk that one back. Yeah, I wonder, what was it where he didn't prepare properly and, and he got what he deserved? He fought the way he always does, pressure, volume punches. He fought great. He looked like the same uh, Sean Porter that we always see. He really did. I, I thought he looked outstanding for the most part. And, uh, you know, he fought Errol Spence a couple years ago. I thought that he looked even better against Bud Crawford than he did against Errol Spence at times. He fought very, very well. But he was in there against pound for pound, maybe the best fighter in the world. I mean, Terrence Crawford's certainly among the top two or three best yes. fighters in the world. He has been for years now. So there's no shame in this loss at all. You know what, Bud, is, um, he's such a great finisher, and he's vicious in there, and he can fight southpaw equally as well as he can orthodox. And His balance and his reach and the way he sets up punches, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Sugar Ray Leonard, the way he finishes uh, guys in there once he gets them hurt. And in a different generation, He's a household name, probably doing commercials and being world famous. And he's well-known in boxing circles, but in, in 2021, he's not well-known outside of the sport, unfortunately. But he is really a great fighter, but he needs a signature fight. I think he needs Errol Spence. He needs, a, he needs to get in there with somebody uh, who, who's the other 
recognized best welterweight in the world, and it's frustrating that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's just it's, it's come down to politics, you know. And for Errol Spence, he's had issues outside the ring, and we really don't know what to expect from him at this point, Dave. It's been in the last two plus years, Errol Spence has fought once. Now, some of that was due to COVID, you know, the pandemic and the lockdowns and all that. But some of it, you remember that horrible car accident he was in where he was lucky to live America. after that accident. Yeah. And he had a fight schedule with Manny Pacquiao this summer, but he injured his eye. And we really don't know, you know, is it related, that detached retina, is that related to the car accident? You know, we really can't uh-huh. know for sure. But is he ever going to be the same guy? We, we just don't know. So uh, I, I think that we're close to a fight between Bud and Spence. I really think it could happen in 2022. But I think at this point, you have to favor Terrence Crawford. He's been in the ring more often, and he just beat Sean Porter more decisively than Spence did. That was going to be my next question. I always liked Errol Spence in that fight. I always thought Spence would win if they ever fought. I'm not so sure now after that horrible car accident, the detached retina, and the inactivity. Now, Now I might be leaning the other way. Yeah, I'm with you. And for the record, I always liked Crawford. I think um, you know Crawford uses his length. You mentioned his reach and his balance. He uses his length better than anybody in the sport. He can switch between righty and lefty. As you mentioned, he's a nasty finisher. He's got that mean streak in him. I just think he has an extra dynamic and extra dimension to him than Spence has. And I've always favored him, but now I favor him even more. Mike Montero from Montero on Boxing. Everybody, if you're a boxing fan, you probably already do, but you've got to watch the YouTube show on uh, Mondays at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. The Neutral Corner, also uh, you can read him in Ring Magazine. He's also a Hall of Fame voter as well. L- let's talk about Canelo moving up to cruiserweight here. Um, uh, this Ilunga Makabu, I- I'd never heard of him, Mike, so I went and looked at some of his fights on YouTube, and the only recognizable name on there was Tony Ballou, who starts them and knocked him out cold in three rounds. and. Plus, they're bringing him down to 190 pounds, which should weaken him. He's used to fighting at 200. Uh, I think Canelo won't have too many problems here. Now, is this fight a setup and, and just geared to uh, getting Canelo that fifth belt, that cruiserweight championship belt, and building on his legacy? I, I don't think this is really a serious fight. Yeah, you know, I, I hate to be that guy, but I, I tend to agree with you. <laughs> it's... Um... It is, you know, Macabu is a, is a quality, solid prize fighter. He's experienced. He does have a couple of good wins. You mentioned the Tony Bellew fight. Uh, well, he lost that fight, but he actually dropped Bellew in the yep. first round before Bellew knocked him out. Um, but he does have a couple of decent wins, but he's just limited enough. And, and, and you mentioned the size. They're going to bring him down to 190. He's been fighting at 200 for over a decade. So it's, it's, perfect style-wise for Canelo. And people forget, you know, Canelo's been fighting at 168 pounds, but he walks around at 185. A lot of times on fight night, he's over 180. So the height difference will be apparent, but the size difference, it's not going to be as shocking as as people think. I think when Alexander Usyk beat Anthony Joshua recently, that was a much bigger, more apparent size and strength difference. To me, that was much more impressive. This is just going to be kind of a title grab and then he's going to go back down and wait. Now, we had the uh, clambuterol incident uh, after the first Triple G fight where he claimed it was a tainted uh, Mexican cattle that he ate. But, you know, Oscar Valdez, now three people out of that gym down there in San Diego, Reynoso's gym, have tested positive for PEDs. So uh, do we say that where there's smoke, there's fire? I know a lot of people in boxing are highly suspicious, and Caleb Plant brought that up repeatedly before his fight with Canelo. Mm-hmm. 
it, it doesn't look good, you know. And and for the record, you know, I have to put this out there. Canelo, uh, after he, he was suspended for six months after the Conbiderol incident, uh, he did do VADA testing 24 hours a day, 365 for a whole year. And then he's been doing it for every fight since. And, and there was full VADA drug, te- drug testing for the Caleb Plant fight. Uh, but in between fights, you just don't know what's going on. You know, and it, it's not a good look. Multiple fighters, as you mentioned, have tested positive out of that camp. Um, so, you know, if I was anybody, anybody in, in, at the highest level in boxing, when you're fighting for titles and millions of dollars are at stake, I would demand VADA testing for every single fight at this yep. point. Uh, you know, I, I guess this cruiserweight title is okay. I don't really put a lot of stock in it. Uh, boy, I'd love to see him fight David Benavides. I think that's a fight where Canelo might be in some danger, and there's a chance he could lose that fight. I, I think that's the best fight at, the, at 68 to, that they can put together right now. Yeah, and, you know, maybe we'll get that later on in 2022. Uh, it's pretty clear that it may Canelo is going to fight Macabu, and, and that really is going to be kind of this brand-building kind of thing uh, where he's going to get the fifth title in the fifth weight class. And, you know, a lot of people are defending the fight and saying, this is a real big challenge, but at the same time, they're all favoring Canelo like you and I are. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. Well, they wouldn't have taken is. the fight if they thought he could lose, would they, his team? <laughs> exactly, Dave. And to be clear, the, the cruiserweight champion of the world, is Marius Bredis, a fighter out of Latvia who's only lost once, and that was a close loss to Oleksandr Usyk, who's one of the best fighters in the world. So Canelo's not moving up and fighting that guy anytime soon. That's not going to happen. Just like when he moved up to light heavyweight to fight Sergey Kovalev instead of fighting uh, Artur Baturbiev or Dmitry Bivol, one of those guys. So, so this is opportunistic matchmaking. You can basically think of Canelo as the new Floyd Mayweather in that regard because he's the face of the sport. He can kind of dictate terms. My hope, like you, is that later next year, maybe September around Mexican Independence Day, we get a Canelo Benavidez showdown in Las Vegas. That'd be a big, big fight. And I think, you know, Canelo moving up to cruiserweight and then having to melt back down to super middleweight, that might affect him. And that mm-hmm. gives Benavidez an edge coming into that fight. You know, I suggested a fight the other day. Some people thought I was crazy. Some people I loved, I loved the idea. You'd have a Mexican national like Canelo against a Mexican-American. You could put it at yep. Jerry World in Dallas. You could put it in Vegas. You could put it at SoFi Stadium or Staples Center or Dodger Stadium here in Los Angeles. Andy Ruiz Jr. against Canelo. Uh, I would love to see that. Canelo can come in around 185-1, and I actually think Canelo would win that fight. So uh, I think that would be a blockbuster. That would create a lot of interest. That would be a fun event, and boxing was just crazy enough where that could happen. <laughs> or maybe uh, you could throw Jake Paul in the mix. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody said the other day, yeah, but Ruiz is 250 pounds. It's a mismatch. I said, well, yeah, but Canelo could weigh 252. He could weigh 250 pounds as well if he ate at McDonald's and Taco Bell three times a day, like Andy Ruiz, well, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, that's the Andy Ruiz diet. <laughs> that's where he does how he trains. Hey, what is um? <laughs> Is Tyson Fury going to sit back and wait for the Usyk-Joshua uh, rematch winner, or is he going to stay busy and take a fight to, in the meantime? I think he's definitely going to take a fight in the meantime, um, early next year, somewhere in the spring, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when we're going to get the Joshua-Usyk rematch. I know it'll be in the first half of 2022. So Fury's going to want to stay busy. and. Um, he's either going to – I don't think he has a mandatory quite yet, so I think he has a voluntary defense coming up. And, uh, you know, they talked about Dillian White 
perhaps. That would be an interesting fight. That would be fun. That could happen. Uh, it's going to be somebody on that level. And then perhaps we get the winner, uh, the winners of those two bouts late next year. That'd be outstanding. I've always thought boxing should have fewer weight classes, not more. What the hell is this Bridger weight division? I read, I never heard of, I heard about it today. It's a 224-pound weight limit. We got another new division in boxing. Yeah, it's uh, the WBC at their uh, convention. Not only that, not only did they add the Bridger weight uh, division, which is actually 220, I think 220. Yep. Um, it, they they lowered cruiserweight from 200 back down to 190, and it used to be 190. For decades, and then I think it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, they moved it up to 200. So the WBC dropped it back to 190. Conveniently, right at the same time Canelo's about to fight Macaboo, <laughs> so you could do the math there. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. But with Bridgerweight, here's what I don't get about Bridgerweight, Dave. If you weigh 221 pounds and you're fighting Tyson Fury, he's 270. You still have a 50-pound disadvantage. That's just part of being a heavyweight. And I don't know if, you know, they, they say making this Bridgerweight division will, will, you know, help eliminate the massive weight disadvantages that some fighters have at heavyweight. It really doesn't. Because if you're 225 and you're fighting a guy like Tyson Fury, you're still fighting a mountain of a man. It doesn't make a difference. Hey, great stuff, Mike. Love having you on. Everybody watch the YouTube channel, Montero Unboxing, Mondays at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. And, of course, read them in Ring Magazine. Always love talking to you, Mike. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Have a good one. There he goes, the great Mike Montero, right here on the Dave Smith Show at Sportsmap Radio.